This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability and participation within the greater Furious Finest community. At the end of the season, the Furious Finest patron discord will vote on two winners who will both get prizes and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to random participants. At season end, we'll announce all of these winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hop. This season's theme is a two-threat character. MCP 3D printed or marble board game, they'll all count as long as they follow this theme. To participate, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of your freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos to furypainting at gmail.com by May 1st to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your names on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast with a discussion of Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I'm still riding that Adepticon high. Oh, man. I'm still thinking about Shadow King. I know you are. I know. Oh. Melee shot in the top ten models of the game. Just seeing a concept sculpt. Of well, it, him and Claw like, too. Like Claw with that that sonic duplication thing. And oh my goodness. Yeah. The paint oh. jobs we're gonna see on that one. I just Can't goodness, wait. goodness, goodness. But yeah, not only that, but mm-hmm. it's official, man. I have I have pre ordered Shatterpoint. You joined the I'm, club. I'm joining the club. I'm officially playing. We'll see how it goes. I'm very excited. Very excited. Absolutely. You and I both have placed our pre-orders for Shatterpoint, which is very exciting. We're not going to be covering Shatterpoint on this feed other than Outside of After Dark, which I'm sure we will talk about on there quite a bit. Sure. Probably it'll come up in passing because it'll be like, oh, AMG had a thing where they announced MCP stuff and Shatterpoint stuff, right? It is an AMG game after all. So in a weird way, we will we will cover it in, in some... I mean, we have with Legion as well. Legion's definitely... yeah. 
made it made some appearances on the pod over the years so i i imagine shatterpoint will too yeah and the listeners especially the listeners that have been with us years and years obviously know my vested history in star wars miniatures games and my deep love of those games and so all this is very happenstance still going to come up and i've also been calling shatterpoint whether i'm right or wrong i have no idea i'm just going off the demos and the the rules and the blogs they've given us which i've attentively read and watched ton and ton but it's kind of a sister game to mcp in a lot of ways it's more a sister game to mcp than it is to legion right by far so it is one of those things where uh just gonna come up on our show from time to time but i guess this is a better time than any chris (laughs) to talk about I'll be doing some Shatterpoint content and it's called Hello There, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. So similar to our format here, but different, you know, and it's one of those sure. things, I think just by the nature of the games, they're just very different games, right? Different universes. So They've, well, they very much seem like completely different games on the board as well or on the tabletop. Oh, absolutely. So if you look up Hello There, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast, you can find us on your podcast catcher of choice. You can find our podcast like mini trailer and stuff in the first episode and gauge what you think, you know, just see if you want to go on this journey with us with Shatterpoint. I mean, it's one of those things it's going to be having MCP and Shatterpoint. It just seems like AMG's kind of fully won my heart because it's like MCP followed by Shatterpoint number two. It's like they've just kind of pushed all the other games out, you know, and I think it's a testament to AMG's sculpting rules. Absolutely. I mean, we were, we were talking about this before we started rolling the mics, as a matter of fact, you know, talking about how excited I am to listen to your new mm-hmm. Shatterpoint podcast and, and to get some, you know, feedback and, and thoughts from, from the pros, you know, you know, you have to listen to me. You're kind of forced to. So this is perfect. <laughs> the pros. <laughs> but, yeah, right. but also, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for you, man. I'm excited. Uh, you're back into Star Wars content. It's a major part of, I mean, your creative life yeah my journey for sure as a creator and a fan of these things right star wars is like my number one as all the listeners know especially if you followed me from my previous podcast which we greatly appreciate you're still listening to us here yeah hello there's gonna be a blast i mean you know the name is obviously that iconic line by my favorite character in star wars but it's also like there's this element of the duality of the force of of the light and the dark and we're going to explore that a lot in the show and of course myself representing obi-wan kenobi leaning that direction the light side corset and then my co-host amon leaning on the dark side and darth maul and it just kind of clicked in that way and we're going to see where shatterpoint takes us you know it's just very much like amg i mean chris you know this very well as a as a marvel crisis protocol content creator but amg gives and gives and gives and if you're a creative at all you could create every day almost if you wanted to you know <laughs> and um it's crazy there's no spoiling for marvel crisis protocol content out there there's a ton of good creators right now and i am i imagine shatterpoint will be much the same i don't know i have might, many might. i've I have many thoughts and I'd like to draw some, some threads through you and I's mm. kind of gaming time together as well, but it might be better left for an after dark episode because we have got a lot to get to today. We Jesse. got a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. So obviously if you're interested in Shatterpoint and you're interested in Star Wars and you're interested in hearing me do more of this thing that I do here, definitely check out Hello There, a Star Wars Shatterpoint podcast. And I'll, t- I'll link it in the, sh- in the show notes and talk about the end of this very show today. And I'm sure we'll get into more of that Shatterpoint stuff organically, as Chris said, over time, over the coming months. But Chris, today we're talking about a character that you and I have talk- wanted to talk about for a very long time in Marvel Crisis Protocol, a character that's been on the game for some time. And we were trying to find the best place to fit her within the schedule of 
the affiliations, the heroes and stuff like that. And this was just the perfect time to talk about Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk. Well, there's definitely a lot to talk about with this character. Mm. This is a character that um, is almost more interesting in some cases off the page than she is on, but her highs on the page are some of my favorite comics. So very cool. All right. Well, let's just get right into some business. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr-Laser.Square.Site and DiscountGamesInc.com. Please check them both out for all of your non-local gaming store Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Of course, the show could not function without our patrons at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider joining our Patreon, getting access to our private Discord community with a monthly contribution. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we want to send a very special shout out to Stuart. Stuart, thank you so much for your support. Thank you, Stuart. This is your week. This is your shout out. And of course, Chris, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers, Rusty, Dylan, Rich, Jason, Puyon, and Charles. You guys keep the lights on, keep our bills paid, and keep this show running. And Chris, I did mention on the the patron Discord, but we've had a very busy year, (laughs) and we've done a lot of stuff on the main feed. I've done a lot of interviews. We've done a lot of After Darks, and we're already at 20 episodes for the year. And that would not be possible without the patrons. Of course, that's 20 episodes cumulative with the After Dark feed, which is the patron feed and things like that. But 20 episodes in three months is a lot. It's a lot. Uh, (laughs) Kind of breakneck pace. Uh, AMG kind of keeps us there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, we've we've done a good job of carving out time Mm -hmm. and then some every week uh, to do this. And without the patrons, we wouldn't be able to do that at all. So... You know, once again, thank you so much. Yeah. So if you guys want more of this and more episodes, more patrons will help us do that very thing. And we mention it all the time, but it really does add up and it matters. So thank you if you're considering joining and thank you for joining. All right, Chris, let's move on to She-Hulk lore. Jennifer Walters, the She-Hulk. She represents a lot and a lot of people don't like her. I for one do. I'm sure that's no surprise to any of the listeners, but- You know, like I said, she is very, very interesting. She is a character that, Jesse, you remember the old Hulk show? Of course. Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno is the Hulk. It wasn't it wasn't canon Marvel. It was a licensed TV show. But That's right. part of that license included the idea that if Universal Television created a She-Hulk character before Marvel did then Universal would own the copyright, own that character. Uh, So if they got around to doing this in the television show before Marvel could do it, they would just be out of luck. And it would be like this whole Spider-Man with Sony situation, X-Men with Fox, you know, that's recently sort of resolved. But uh, the show's producer had a history of doing this. Of course, he produced the $6 million man, which obviously had a spinoff. But anyway, this is how we get She-Hulk. This is the first... First of the interesting things behind the creation of She-Hulk, but this is um, <clears throat> going to lead us into her first appearance in comics, Jesse, because a little out of order this week, but it's for a reason, I promise. Hmm. She-Hulk is created by Stan Lee and John Bashima. She first appears in The Savage She-Hulk number one in November of 1979. I think this is extremely notable because this is the last 
character Stan Lee creates for Marvel before he departs the company. Oh, wow. Wow. So after this, his, his contract with Marvel is done. He goes and starts his own comic company and does a lot of freelance work. But she is his last creation, and Savage She-Hulk, number one, reads much like a Stan, just a classic Stan Lee character creations, character origin creation story. And honestly, dude, it's pretty good. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. I mean, it's from 79, so you have to cut it some slack. But sure. as far as the character development and, and her whole backstory, how she gets powers, everything, it's really it's it's just good. It It's all set up to make you invested in Jennifer Walters and, you know, want her to succeed and make you feel like you've known her for a while. And it does a good job of it. And it's it's cool. But it's also going to be the only issue of this comic run he writes. Savage She-Hulk runs 20-something issues. Right. Savage She-Hulk, this is the only one that uh, wow. Stanley is going to write. He's going to leave the company. After this, uh, David Anthony Kraft and Mike Vosberg will both take over the book. But we're going to get more into that in a bit, Jesse, we have to talk about her powers as we normally do. She-Hulk is essentially, and especially the version of She-Hulk we have in MCP, is very much the Hulk, but different. Very yep. much Bruce Banner, but different. Maybe a little less physical strength, but that's not always the case. Yeah. She's definitely a different mindset as Jennifer generally retains her mental faculties a little better than Bruce does. Uh, you know, we all know about, especially if you've read the immortal Hulk, <laughs> you understand there's, there's a lot of different personalities there with Bruce, but you know, she Hulk's got a little bit of that too. I feel like Jennifer is more what people that are not comic book and Marvel fans think the Hulk is where it's like rage and power and all this stuff, but then you're still in control. You're still mm. Jennifer. Excellent thought. What she's more like, but then of course, I think a lot of people think that's what Hulk is, but Hulk really is like a lot of this duality of Banner and Hulk and who's in the driving seat. And I mean, disassociative identity disorder as well. There's a lot going on with the Hulk there. Jennifer's a little different in that area, but a lot the same. Yep. Of course, she's got all these, all the Hulk features, man. She is super, super strong. And like I said, depending on what era you find her, she's going to easily overpower people like Hercules, the thing. I mean, no problem. People. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're talking powerhouses of the Marvel world. And she is, she's right there in strength with Bruce. She is a trained physical combatant. She's been trained by Captain America and Gamora, for goodness sakes. I mean, <laughs> it, it, and once again, it's it's all about what version of the character we were talking about. This character has, and we're going to jump right back into that framing conversation we're kind of having of her publication history. This character, after her initial Savage She-Hulk run, Jesse, which, which I want to say is not bad. Okay. It is does very much read like the Hulk, but girl okay Okay. and that's okay nothing nothing wrong with that it it has some pretty cool stuff but nothing super memorable that's going to really stick with the character forever but then she's going to bounce around for a while she's going to find a home and a characterization with john byrne 
writing her, but she kind of loses her way again after John Byrne leaves the company. So, so once again, she's one of these characters that she's going to go through a lot of iterations because she's going to be shopped around. They're going to try to find something that sticks. She's going to always be primed for that. Who can we refresh? You know, who can we do something with to maybe see if it catches fire or just whatever. So we've gone through a lot of different iterations of whether she can transform between human and She-Hulk, whether she can transform to human, whether she has her faculties about her. She's been mega powered up and super, super muscular, and she's also been a sex symbol. So, you know, just very slim, classic beauty, but seven feet tall and can beat you up. She-Hulk is a lot. It's a good starting point. So let's talk about the character a little bit and her history in Marvel Comics. Jennifer Walters, of course, is the cousin of Bruce Banner. And we learn that in the Savage She-Hulk number one, when Bruce tells us about this cousin that he loves most dearly and has never, ever mentioned before and how he's going to visit her. Anyway, she is not the young child that he remembers. She is now a criminal defense attorney and she deals with danger just like Bruce does, but it once again, in a different way. And to illustrate this point, as soon as Bruce and Jen get in a car to travel to her place, they are followed by some gangsters. She is defending a man testifying against their boss. So there is a hit out on Jen and they're going to shoot her. So naturally Bruce is going to, kind of save the day she's going to have to have a blood transfusion there's no other options there's no it is it's night now it's the evening there's nobody around so bruce has to self-administer a transfusion with his own blood of course they are the same blood type everybody knows that and this is going to lead to jennifer gaining the hulk's gamma abilities uh based on the gamma radiation in Bruce's blood. And eventually she will transform into the She-Hulk. She will chase off the gangsters and then she will enter the world of uh, Marvel superheroing. There's something about that ban- that banner bloodline. Apparently they can just handle this Hulk gamma stuff. You know, they're really expanding on this gamma thing now, like as, yeah, at course. time of recording. And it's, it's really interesting stuff. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. So from here, She-Hulk is going to, search for a place and she will find it eventually well first she will she'll join the avengers uh then we're going to have secret wars one post secret wars one ben Grimm is going to be depowered and kind of finding himself off planet and they need a replacement they need a powerhouse so john byrne is going to begin writing jennifer walters in his fantastic four run And this is where the character will really kind of take shape. She is kind of a duality character. She, as Jennifer Walters, she does not have a ton of self-esteem as she Hulk. She feels extremely comfortable, assertive. She's not scared of anything or anyone as Jen. She feels maybe, you know, fragile. And I think the show did a good job of capturing this too. You know, as, as she Hulk, she is a sex symbol. And this, of course, you know, John Byrne is also going to be someone that, really embraces this with her not only that but she's going to start breaking the fourth wall with him so all of you deadpool fans out there i think there's a line in marvel capcom 3 or something like that some video game that she hulk and deadpool are both in she hulk actually makes the remarks that uh you know he i think he grabs a health bar and hits you with it 
and she if uh, you're playing She-Hulk when he does this, she'll actually say if uh, if this were 1992, that would be my move. Nice. Actually, it's correct, man. She is the first kind of Deadpool type character in Marvel. She's going to be breaking the fourth wall. She's going to be running through panels. She's going to be ripping through ads to get to through the pages. She's going to talk directly to the the writing team writing her. Uh, it's just, it's awesome. Like if you yeah. like Deadpool and love his antics, mm-hmm. Gwenpool, all this, I mean, you, this all stemmed from this John Byrne, fantastic four slash sensational she-Hulk run that would come after uh, the Fantastic Four run where he would write uh, issues one through eight and then kind of come on and off uh, again through the sensational She-Hulk run. So it's a little bit disjointed. There are kind of some different ideas floated with the character through this time. She's One creative team has her with a white wing foot and really, really needing to be married and you know wanting that Stepford wife type life. While, you know, got John Byrne going and she is this very strong, independent woman and she will couple with whomever she wills and, you know, she doesn't care. It's, it's great. You know, she's just, she is her. And so you have this dichotomy going and I think that kind of sticks through with the character. A lot of writers keep with that. Okay. But let's talk a little bit more about her in universe. We're going to kind of go over some of these things she's done, where she's been shopped, what all she's kind of taken part in, but she hasn't been the main focus of much of it. Through her sensational She-Hulk run, she will come up against a lot of weird, wacky BC list villains, and I think it's very cool. It's kind of a, a lot of it can be kind of a slice of life type book at times. I don't know. It's very fun. From here, you're going to see her bounce around through the 90s. She's going to get a few books of her own she'll join the avengers she'll be here and there but she's always kind of around i don't know it's it's you know it is what it is like nobody mm. can really write her like burn could and and after he was done the character could just never really find her footing one thing i really do enjoy about the character too is through various times she's been depowered and she won't mm. really really like, I, I would like to talk specifically during civil war she kind of sides with tony stark at first and through she registers and she's just practicing law but she gets kind of drafted into doing things and eventually tony infects her with nanobots and depowers her so she (laughs) exists in the in universe for years not being able to transform into she hulk and i mean this is just you know this is during that time where tony's just kind of a huge jerk eventually this will She'll always return back to that status quo. Eventually, she will always return back to that, you know, sex symbol She-Hulk, that John Burns She-Hulk, and and everything will be kind of reset. I think it's interesting to note for this particular MCP-focused podcast that she, I mean, clearly she's the leader of A-Force. Um, right. A-Force is not really a huge thing in Marvel Comics. It's happened a couple of times, but never really a long-standing thing. But she has been involved with quite a few, I don't know, kind of female, uh, all female teams and not to mention just, you know, feminism in general. So it kind of makes sense that she's leading this whole, the whole A-Force thing, which is, you know, not an MCP, in, uh, not an atomic mass invention by any means. No. Definitely has been 
definitely has been in Marvel quite a bit, but not just, it's just not like an institution. So it's, it's more like a cabal. I, I think more like the cabal affiliation, I guess okay. it's a loose affiliation, but she has been involved with the lady liberators. Uh, she is friends with Hellcat, a, a character that's had a, I think will be in this game eventually and has a, had a pretty interesting history behind the scenes and things as well. A lot of this Jesse though, She's just a, she's involved because she's everybody's lawyer. She's around. She's in some really fun comics. She's got some great moments here and there. Some run-ins with Daredevil. Oh yeah, I mean she's dated a lot of folks. Yep, and she's been in court with Daredevil against Daredevil. Yeah, a lot of things, man. But none of it is just like long-standing, really big deals. It's kind of just she's great if you like slice of life stuff, and I think her run in. Marvel Comics kind of is a lot similar to that, where she's around a lot. She will be the focus of things. She is involved in like Jason Aaron's Avengers. There is, you know, World War She-Hulk, which it's fine. Something, it's not going to be in my recommendations for the day, I'll tell you that. So, you know, it's just a hard character to really summarize and get your head around in a, you know, 20-minute segment without just listing off a bunch of uh, issues where she's appeared. Sure. So, um, you know, try to give you guys a taste of what the character means, kind of what she's done, where you expect to see her. I will say she's showing up more now. She's had some more series recently, and I think that's good. And she was catalyst in the Empire, uh, the Empire stuff that went on. Very cool. So, yeah. To sum it up, Jesse, I like her a lot, but it's a lot based on what she represents. It's a lot based on the high moments she's had, but there haven't been just an overwhelming amount of them. So I think we can kind of we can kind of leave it at that. Yeah, I think she represents a lot of characters in Marvel, if we're being frank, right? Where it's like there are some great staple characters that have been amazing over the years in pretty much every era, right? But those are pretty rare. There's a lot of characters that uh it's more like their design, what they represent, and then you just kind of focus on their high moments, you know? <laughs> and I'm not saying like she's she's all over the place still, like you were saying, right? This is not one of those yes. situations where we're we're struggling to talk about where she's been because she's newer or she's lesser shown. It's just, you know, I don't know. Sometimes writers don't know what to do with certain characters, right? <laughs> Sometimes companies don't know what to do with certain characters, and that's right. just kind of what this feels like. So until recent years, they haven't really known what to do with She-Hulk since she started strong. She had a very, very hot start. She was pretty dang popular for a while. Mm-hmm. So I just do not do not want to underestimate like or sell her short. Like yeah. many. Yeah, for there's sure. A lot of, there's a lot of ups and downs. So not everyone could be Peter Parker or something, right? Where it's like writers know exactly it's what to truth. do with the character, right? And what's worked well, and what's and not it's worked. it's such and, a strong design and such an iconic origin story and and things like yeah yeah yeah. so it's like i feel you there completely now we do got to talk about she hulk in the mcu which she's a recent and very short addition in recent years very cool we could talk about this now though she's played by tatiana maslani and so far she's only been in the she hulk show now that's going to change and this podcast will become outdated if you're listening in the future where you know we're going to see her pop up and probably some of these major crossover events that are coming with the kang dynasty and other things coming but as of right now she's only in she hulk attorney at law which came out in 2022 very recent show 
And man, Tatiana is great as Jennifer. And she really sells this character and this sort of kind of some of the stuff you talked about today, Chris, but I, I feel like they even dove into it more in the show, at least with her portrayal of the character of where is my place in the, all this? You know, where's my place in being a lawyer? Where's my place in being a superhero? What, what Which way am I going to go? And they really only scratch the surface of that in the S.H.I.E.L.D. show. And it's probably one of the biggest bummers of the show to me is like, it's just a taste. You know, we don't really know exactly where they're going to go with her character as a superhero fully yet and i really am really excited to see where they go with her as a superhero and especially in the films oh the she-hulk show (laughs) yeah not not that it's a hot take or anything but i did not hate the show like everyone did but i am not gonna lie to you and say it was great but what i did love was the characterization of jen walters and she-hulk i thought they nailed the characters i thought they nailed the character really well Mm. she lacked self-esteem Though she had power. The whole time. Uh, yeah. She <laughs> broke, she would break the fourth wall. Yeah. Tatiana did a great job. She nailed a lot of the tenets of the character, right? And it's just a matter right. of seeing if they actually do more with her, unlike unlike the show. Yeah. The it's show, like, the, the show on a whole, the plot was weak. The, the writing was a little weak. Disjointed. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm excited to see them a non just jointed story format. Like where are we actually, what's she going to do? Who's she going to lead? Who's she going to fight? Like, whatever. Is she going to become part of these teams, right? Is she going to mm-hmm. fight the Avengers, right? Like, where's her role in that? What does it, what does she bring an interesting level to that, uh, to Sam's Avengers, right? And stuff like that coming up. So we have no idea which route they're going to go. And I'm very excited to see the way they go. But right now, we have very little to comment on because that's all we have with her right now, Chris. And I think Tatiana was phenomenal. And if you haven't seen Orphan Black, check it out. That's definitely the show that got her this She-Hulk job and much better show. So... Just uh, check it out. She's playing multiple roles of a character that, you know, has clones of themselves. So they're all different people. Her playing all that is very cool and she's very good at it. But Chris, we got to close out our lore like we always do with your comic book recommendations for She-Hulk. And I feel like you've already touched on some of this potential. You've hinted at it already. Yeah, we've got a little bit here. And and I'm going to throw some different things at you here. Number one, Savage She-Hulk number one, I think. I think it's worth reading. Like I said, I think it's the classic character origin, yeah. character or Marvel character origin. And I think it's well executed aside from some goofy stuff that's that you can kind of laugh about, but it's, you know, from the comic book code, you know, stuff like using a turn, turning on a water hose to subdue <laughs> mafia, you know, hitmen. Sure. You know, various things. Uh, I'm also going to say, go ahead and read the John Byrne sensational. She Hulk one through eight. If nothing else, the whole run is worth it. It's pretty fun, but especially the burn issues. And there is a collection I think you can find on the Marvel comic app Unlimited, but it's She-Hulk by Peter David. Uh, I think David nails the the character pretty well, ties in with my favorite, favorite comic book run of all time, the Peter David X-Factor run uh, here and there. So I, I think that's totally worth it too. So that's what I'm going to leave you with. Of course, there's a lot of good one-offs and stuff as well. You can read with She-Hulk so and in like four issue miniseries and stuff. So if there's anything that looks interesting, I'd say just go for it. All right. Very good. Well, Chris, we got to move on to She-Hulk and Marvel Christ Protocol because turns out there's a lot today to talk about here. So let's move on to strategy. Her name is She-Hulk and her alter ego is Jennifer Walters. 
She is a six threat character with a stamina of 20. Let's get out pretenses out of the way. It's going to look very similar to our Hulk episode, though it's been some time since we did that. She has no injured side on her back, so she just has that 20 health on the front. No injured side of the character. And we'll cover that when we get in our superpowers. She's a medium base model with a medium move, so she's actually very fast. She's like lizard fast without the wall crawler, and she's a size of three. Her defenses are three physical, four energy, three mystic any thoughts right out the gate chris well i love four energy defense always every time i see it unusual yeah yep you don't see it a lot i also really really like that she's she can get around Mm -hmm. and like you said she doesn't have wall crawler so the fact that she's a size three helps a little bit with that she's going to be able to just go over a little bit more terrain than other characters. Yep. Notable differences with Hulk. Um, he has the four physical, she has the three, but then he has the three energy and she has the four. So they kind of trade off there. They both have the 20 health. They both have the 20 stamina, both the six threat Hulk's on a large base, short mover. She's a medium base, medium mover. There's similar movement Hulk size four. So he does have that up on her. He's a little bit harder to move. The theme makes sense because her actual size is right more in line with all these size threes in the game. And his size is definitely that size four kind of spot. Worth mentioning, if, if you coming off of our Hulk episode or just have played Hulk, slight differences, but not too different. But Chris, we got to move on to her attacks. And I can read this first attack. It's a physical attack called Sensational Uppercut. What do you know? It's a range to seven dice, zero power cost strike. After this attack is resolved, She-Hulk gains power equal to the damage dealt. After the attack is resolved, target character gains the slow special condition automatically. Seven dice is no joke. Auto slow is no joke. That's a lot of dice. And I think the auto slow is so, so good. Underappreciated. I think it's just excellent. And I think it's very important to remember it when we get to the team tactics card section with this character. Oh, of course. And Chris, closing on her last attack for we, you and I start reading all these superpowers. She has one more. It's also physical called the defense rest. What a phenomenal name. It's a range three strength of nine power cost of five spender attack. Very expensive. If this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the slow and stun special conditions because she's hitting you really hard here. But if the target character already has the slow special condition on them, as in before this attack is performed, it gains the stagger special condition. Wow. Yeah, that's a big one. Seems exploitable. <laughs> yeah. Now this attack five is a lot. It just it's a hurts. lot of power, man. But Shield builds power pretty well. So especially in affiliation, right? Yeah. Go ahead and read us that affiliation, Chris, because she is the leader of the A Force. Let's talk about it. It is the defenders of Arcadia. It is the affiliation A Force. When an allied character is damaged by an enemy effect, another allied character may gain one power. A character may not gain more than one power from this leadership ability per turn. That's great. Very good. Yeah. Notice the another allied character. So that doesn't matter. You know, so if turn is great. It means you're getting a lot of power every round, right? But mm-hmm. it also means like keep in mind who's being attacked and then who's getting the power and who has gotten the power yet. Um, I recommend marking your characters with A-Force tokens when this happens to remember because you can't gain more from one during a turn, right? And so like... Great practical suggestion, yeah. It'll really help you, especially at a bigger end tournament, because this is a very powerful effect, and you obviously can't double dip. If somebody shoots your shield twice and she takes damage, you can't give Wasp power two times in a row, right? Um, And it sounds very simple to say, but hard to remember sometimes. Over the course of a round, yeah, absolutely. Especially 
round three, game two, game three, game four of the day. You know, mm. it gets yeah. it gets to be a lot at a tournament. So anyway, this is a really great leadership to help build power. And when we get to, you know, finally really put a narrow focus on a force one of these days, we'll, we'll really talk about that. But yeah, for sure, you know. This is a, a an automatic thought for any power starved characters. You know, A Force is one of those affiliations that can kind of jump to the forefront of your mind. Yep. And the longer the game goes, A Force gets stronger, right? They they kind of all Super Saiyan power up. They they ramp as the game goes on. So they're really going to benefit from games with multiple rounds. You know, so keep that in mind as well. All right, Jesse, we got to move on to this next superpower. It is an active superpower. It is clear the court. It will cost you three power. Choose an interactive terrain feature or an enemy character, both of size four or less and within range two, and throw it medium. The superpower can only be used once per turn. Size four character throw is nothing short of excellent. It's rare in this game, right? Absolutely rare. Very few characters that have this. Obviously, Hulk has this same for one cheaper, which is half of his strength. Right. And then recently, Bill has this, Beta Ray Bill, for the same price. So we know how powerful this effect is. I mean, just throwing character medium is powerful enough. The fact that it's a size four is very powerful. And of course, this is one of those premium throws. You're going to do as much as possible because it's characters and terrain. So you should be doing as much as much as you possibly can, because there's no sort of restriction on only characters, only terrain, like, like most characters in the game, frankly, have. So right. very cool. And uh, a main feature of her kit, just like this next superpower, which you're going to use all the time as well. It's an active superpower called superior weight training. The theme is right. It costs three during the next attack made by She-Hulk with this turn, add dice to the attack equal to the size of the target. This is the ultimate thing to use on her strike, Chris. Honestly, mm. even on a size two or th- three character, it's worth it. You're spending three, three for power two more dice to gain two di- to put it to nine. Come on. Or even 10, right? A size three yeah. character. Yeah. Of course, against the size fours of the game, the big boys, as we like to call it through slang in this community, the Malekiths of the world. This is massive, right? Like you're throwing four more dice in a Malekith, giving him an auto slow, and then probably you just build a bunch of power to throw stuff at him. Maybe even do a spender, mm-hmm. put that stagger on him. Like, because if you didn't gather from our first foray in the attacks, obviously if you do the spender after the strike, you are going to give them that stagger, right? Because you gave him an auto slow off of the strike, right? Exactly. So I said, don't bank on spending the spender all the time. And the reason I'm saying that is a size four throw for three and a add dice equal to the size of the enemy for three are amazing powers that you always want to pay for every turn. Exactly. So that's six power that you're wanting to use every turn. Slotting in another five, you know, I, I I think I would only really use this maybe two or three times a game, depending on how long the game went. And that's only if I could guarantee getting that stagger, I think. Yeah. And also too, what's cool about the superior weight training is you can, you can lead with that and, and use it on your strike and just see how good of power you built really. Cause I mean, you're taking that strike up to nine, 10, 11, you know what I mean? The dice are just going up and up and up. Right. And let's not mention like, <laughs> If you're playing Sentinels, watch out. <laughs> she Hulk's paying three power to add five dice to all of her attacks against you. She's doing most characters' strikes as a buff onto her normal strike. So she's hitting Sentinels for 
for 12, right? And uh, they hate physical attacks, the Sentinels do. So it's, it gets even worse for them. Well, yeah, we've got one more big superpower to talk about. Um, Very big one. I In certain lists or certain game styles or just certain points of the game, you might be forgoing any thoughts of the defense rests or maybe even superior weight training to make sure you have power for this. It is a reactive superpower. It is legal defense. It will cost you two power. When an allied character within two of this character is targeted by an attack, this character may use this superpower. She-Hulk now becomes the target of the attack, regardless of range and line of sight. So this is a bodyguard. Yep. She's got a cool name for it, but it's her version of bodyguard. And sometimes you just have to have it. Sometimes you got to make a character survive. And what better character to do that than a She-Hulk with your 20 health, you know? Yeah, it's very cool. This actually has a lot of synergy with one of her teammates, Okoye, who's an A-Force member. And Okoye has bodyguard. And you can kind of like flip-flop the bodyguards on whoever needs what at what given time, whoever needs to survive, whoever needs to trigger their abilities, whoever needs to get power to what they want to do. You just create a puzzle of like, oh, She-Hulk and Okoye are together and they're around their other allies as well, right? And I've got to get through this puzzle of bodyguards. It's difficult, frustrating, and powerful. So I find it very cool. But Chris, we got to close out our card with a couple of innates that are absolutely crucial to understanding her kit. The first is a innate power called Gamma Transfusion. And this is honestly AMG sliding a bunch of innates into one thing. So it's yep. actually a couple of superpowers. So during the power phase, She-Hulk gains one additional power. So that means every power phase, she gains two power, which is awesome. So she's always going to have that legal defense online. She's going to be just very close to doing superior weight training. Additionally, after an attack targeting She-Hulk is resolved, if She-Hulk suffered damage, she may advance short towards the attacking character. So she also has the innate aggressive superpower they just couldn't fit it on this card with all the text <laughs> and uh see so she also has aggressive additionally if this character would flip its stat card to the injured side it is ko'd instead so just like hulk referring to our hulk episode and if you played hulk and as i said at the top of the episode no injured side at all just a day's token that leads into a ko and i say just a day's token because she's still on the table until the end of the round until clean up it's not like oh she hit 20 health she's instantly removed it's the day's token stays on her she's still on the round until the end of the round after all the cleanups and stuff and then all the tokens and cards flip and when she would flip she would just be removed matters less now could matter in the future but mattered a lot in the past with cards like field dressing which i think were an yeah. auto pick essential thing to bring with she hulk because if you could field dress she hulk and she's not ko'd essentially and she's on 19 damage and she's ready to go she's powered up <laughs> um it is what it is but i mean closing out her card like always we have a hulk she's immune to poison i also find this very cool because i think she's a really cool fit in the inhumans team so you can kind of lean into that mm. anti-poison team that sort of mix and match of inhumans and a force and you kind of flex between the characters you want um either leadership and immunity poison is good because now we know during the power phase she's always getting two power no matter what no issues there. Seems good. Yeah. So, I mean, we've already mentioned Hulk a couple times on this cast, and we'll just mention while we're here, She-Hulk is real good. Yeah. There's just a obvious giant other green elephant in the room that is Hulk, and Hulk is a little bit better because he's a little bit easier to play. Let's start there. And he has a little bit more consistent control, and he doesn't rely on dice as much. And She-Hulk has amazing dice. She has amazing 
buckets of dice rolled your opponent, but we know how dice go in this game sometimes. Hulk has pushes. Hulk has a cheaper throw. Hulk has mm-hmm. gamma leap. He has things that just do not require dice per se, you know, and he gets one more power during the power phase as well. So, and on top of Hulk being strong every four damage you put on hulk he gets more dice in his attack so his 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 attacks do come online then kind of match she hulk's attacks and stuff and so she's hulk in hard mode but she's still an amazing model and chris we've already talked about this leadership this affiliation there's kind of a leadership tax built into her too we always talk about this in mcp absolutely right but it's like i can imagine if she hulk did not have this leadership on her card maybe her throw would be the same price as hulk's throw and stuff right maybe one of her attacks would be one more dice and stuff who knows um i'm not a designer but i think her leadership is a big factor to keep in mind with this character because we are going to talk about her affiliation shortly but i think a force is probably her best because she's the leader i would absolutely agree with that i think not only because she's the leader and brings that extremely powerful leadership ability to herself and everyone else you play that game but it opens you up to some team tactics cards yeah that are just not possible in other teams right exactly and most notably to me jesse we have to talk about special delivery oh yeah this is an a force reactive card when an a force character with flight begins a move action within range two of an allied she hulk during its activation they may spend one each to play this card before moving the miniature when the active character ends this move, place She-Hulk within one of it. She-Hulk may immediately perform one of her attacks that has a listed cost of zero. So, of course, that's going to be her builder attack. You know, Ooh. that that seven oh, dice nice. automatic slow attack. So, this is pretty cool. This helps with her lack of gamma leap, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get She-Hulk right up in the fight, presumably turn one, round one. And you just don't have access to this outside of A-Force. A-Force has a lot of cool cards, and obviously this is one of them. And yeah, Chris, Drop-Off was banned from this game. It was the first banned card in the line that is now historic of banned and restricted cards, right? And She-Hulk still has Drop-Off just for herself, you know, in A-Force. And that is awesome faction affiliation identity, right? So... Yeah, you're going to play this in A-Force, and you're going to get She-Hulk up into the fray and get a free strike off before she's even gone on her turn yet, and she's going to double strike on her turn. So that round, you're just getting three attacks off no matter what, and you're probably getting off that throw we talked about. Just that all that round. You would hope. Yeah, surely. Yeah, so absolutely a powerful card, Chris. You're absolutely right. But we got to talk about another card that involves She-Hulk, and this is an unaffiliated card called Agents of Smash. What a cool card. I love this card. I wish it cost one less because, wow, it's so unaffiliated and active. So, any, of course, you can play this on any team. Uh, rules refresher there. If Hulk and She-Hulk are on your team and are within range two of the same interactive terrain feature of size five or less, they may spend three power each to play this card. Very pricey. It costs six. Uh, not hard for them to build power, though, because they get so much power during the power phase from Gamma. But now, choose Hulk or She-Hulk to throw that size 5 terrain feature long from either one of their bases. So not only are they throwing a size 5, which is breaking a game state rule, because we have nothing that breaks a size 5 in the game outside this card at this point in the game. But also, Chris, you get to choose which one of them you throw it from. So like you get 
you've got this kind of box of options, right? Because presumably if they're both size, if they're both range two of the objective and it's a size five piece, it's a very large piece, right? So exactly. which way are you throwing it from them? And wow, right. the theme is incredible because they've just lifted a building and they have thrown it together at you. And not to mention just how awesome six automatic hits you're throwing at your opponent. Oh, I mean, it's That's, just terrifying, I mean, right? It is pricey, like you said, but they're paying six power to, I mean, if, if the opponent doesn't roll at least average, probably dazing or KOing that model. Yeah. So pretty powerful card, a little, it's a little, uh, reliant on your play group using terrain (laughs) (laughs) and good terrain, but, and having both hulks in your team. Well, that's, that's pretty hard to do. But it's a cool card to bring in your 10, right? Because you're like, okay, this game, I'm playing on a map with a size five or two, and I'm I'm playing A-Force with Hulk and She-Hulk, right? This is the game I'm doing it. I think this card is absolutely cool enough to try to force it to happen sometime, yeah. Absolutely. And, and keep in mind, Chris, for you and for the listener at home, like this card, very expensive, but it doesn't have to be on She-Hulk or Hulk's turn necessarily. It's just active when you're an active player. Great point. So it could be one of those things where you're just like your opponent feels safe and maybe they've even shot Hulk and see She-Hulk a little bit and even gave them this three power now. And you're like, okay, let's fine. I'm going to go on Captain Marvel's turn and just start of her turn. I'm going to throw a size five with Hulk and She-Hulk. And then I decide <laughs> what I'm going to do on Captain Marvel's turn, right? Um, maybe finish pretty off nasty. the target. Yeah, pretty, pretty nasty. Cool. It's fun. All right, Chris. Well, closing out She-Hulk's cards, it only seems right. Because until we do an A-Force deep dive, which will probably be some time till we get more characters in the team, we're going to talk about the last two A-Force cards. The first of which, A-Force Assemble, it's A-Force and Active, so of course you got to be an A-Force team to play this affiliated. An A-Force character may spend up to three power to play this card, so any A-Force member can play that on your team. When an allied character is defending against an attack this round, add one die to the defense roll for each other allied A-Force character within two of that character. What a cool powerful card chris also once again that puzzle i mentioned earlier that bodyguard puzzle this gets that puzzle one more layer of defense oh of i love it puzzle I love it. it encourages people to stay in she hulk's kind of bodyguard bubble it's very strong on like an e-map right so um very cool card very cool card and of course the art on all these is sick uh yes you know, the special delivery Carol has dropped She-Hulk off and she's about to crush a bunch of Hydra grunts. <laughs> it's great, man. They they look scared for their life. And A-Force Assemble now, I mean, with Jess front and center. Uh, I'm all I love, love the America Chavez in the background. Sneaking in, sneaking in. But very cool card. Very strong card. Probably going to always be in your tents. Same as Special Delivery. And Chris, the next card is no different. It's called Stalwart Determination. It's an A-Force and reactive card. I absolutely love this card. During the power phase, any number of allied A-Force characters may spend one power to play this card. And this is another good one of those times, Chris, I would mark the characters that did that ability. Um, Characters that spent power to play this card cannot be pushed or thrown by enemy effects this entire round. Yes, sir. That's very powerful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Once again, the art is out of control. We have Medusa, Carol, and She-Hulk beating up on a sort of um alien you bring this on gamma right and you're just like okay oh my I'm gosh i'm scoring i'm not worried about that right <laughs> so um very cool also another strong card with like things in the meta currently like hulk like bill like juggernaut like shuts all that down right because those characters best features they're awesome throws right so yeah and it it sets your sets your opponent back a turn on a lot of that positioning battle which mm. is 
intensely important in the game at the moment. So absolutely yeah, very good card. All right, Chris, closing out our strategy like we always do. We're going to go to my affiliation corner here. And first of all, we're just going to talk about where She-Hulk is actually affiliated before we get into these interesting, spicier splash picks. Of course, she's affiliated with A-Force because she's the leader. We've talked about her power in A-Force, staple of just keeping that leadership online. Basically, as long as she's alive the entire game, you really got value out of this leadership, right? And you got value out of the leadership even helping her, right? Because when you attack her friends... She also gets power to do all things exactly. she wants to do. But here's what, guess what though, Chris? You attack She-Hulk. Uh, she aggressively moves towards you with the aggressive superpower. And then she triggers A-Force from one of her allies, right? There's a lot of cool iterations, things going on with this affiliation. This is a very complex, nuanced affiliation. Awesome, like mid-range affiliation, like can just hit really hard, can also play defensive. And there's all sorts of micro decision making in between, but Keeping it simple, she's also affiliated with the Avengers. And what do you know? She's really good on the Avengers teams. All of them. All of them. Steve, discount on all these superpowers that we love to do, right? Sam, the heal and the short move on top of her oh, aggressive, yeah. more mobility. Think, yeah, a, a Sam wide list with She-Hulk as the kind of anchor sounds super fun. It sounds really fun. It's a perfect list to bring to like game night or like a local league night, you know? Yeah. And then, of course... Once again, we always mention it out, but it, it does exist in the world and it is very cool. The Hulk busting Avengers, she's also pretty good there too because giving her that layer of defense against throws, which she's a character that is going to struggle into throws. They're going to do a lot of damage to her because she only rolls three defense dice. She has no defensive rerolls. So the Hulk busting Avengers will help her take less damage from set throws. But Chris closing out her last affiliated spot is shield and i find this very cool because the theme is right even though i don't think right now as the game stands she really fits in shields archetype unless she's a flex and i will say i played her you know i played her at warfare weekend as a flex and i say as a flex she's a piece that would help me with other big enemies help right. me with criminal syndicate matchup which shield doesn't really love they don't love to roll little dice pools against beefy characters sitting on points scoring for two right so she would help throw those criminals off points deal with those big threat characters like malekith and stuff and that's kind of her role in the team and that's okay if she only has this minor role in the team at the moment though i will say you haven't lived until you've used the shield mobile to move she hulk long across the table <laughs> <laughs> i believe that could be extremely powerful it's fun i did it a lot i yes you did and keep in mind, the Shimobile is a super powerful card that's it's not an action, Chris, you know? So you can long move She-Hulk, and then now you start your turn, you know? It's a super-powered yeah. climbing gear for S.H.I.E.L.D. members only. But we got to move on, Chris, to Splash affiliations, and this is where it kind of gets cool. She's one of those characters that anywhere that gives her power or gives her more damage, yeah, she's going to fit, you know? So, like, classic Cabal, she's going to fit. Because she's she's pretty much always getting a damage share on enemies, right? So of course she's gonna trigger that red skull leadership, get more power online, really start cooking with gas. Even some of these new cabal leaderships like Malekith, where it's like the little bit points of healing and, and short moves and stuff, perfect spot for her, right? But I think some interesting places worth mentioning, and we're gonna jump around here. I did mention in humans. I yes. think she's pretty cool there because it's like she's getting two power turn, Lockjaw's getting his boatload of power every turn. The rest of the team has their mechanics with power and positioning and stuff. We talked about how powerful Medusa's Royal Decree is, right? You can pass power at will, really do what you need to do at a given time. Oh, I need She-Hulk to throw this size four juggernaut away. Pass her a power, right? Throw it. She just, she's not even worried about rolling the dice, right? 
So I think she fits really well in that team. And I think the theme is kind of cool. Like I said, the anti-poison, the half A-Force package, the half Inhumans package, and what leadership are you playing and who you're splashing what teams, you know, uh, because Medusa's in both and she rules in both. <laughs> so it's kind of like you're building around Medusa's power on both yes. these teams. But moving on to some interesting, weirder spots, I think a spot that people should try her that probably haven't done enough of yet, or maybe at all, is playing her in this amazing Peter Parker web warrior leadership, the slow leadership, right? Mm. Which is pay a power to put a slow on an enemy, right? And then if they already have a slow on them, you could pay a power to do a negative Midnight Suns bump to them, you know, away, right? So every strike she hulks doing, she's putting out auto slows. And she can easily spend that one power to bump people too. So in the Peter Parker team, she's kind of a control monster because she's punching people, slowing them, which is already a massive power thing, right? And then with the Peter Parker leadership, you can make them be bumped because they already had a slow token on them, right? Further away. So if, if it was a big character, now they're very far away, right? So I think it's an unexplored space. Obviously, it's a little bit more complex because you have a five threat leader and a six threat. Yeah, that's, that's some hard math. But there's some cool themes here. I mean, we've seen them work together in the New York sphere, you know, um, especially the later years Parker, right? And She-Hulk where she is now. So it is some math, but also you're going to be taller than your opponent probably, right? <laughs> and you're just going to have priority and you're going to have to go with She-Hulk early if you want to or go with Peter early, things like that. So I find it pretty cool. In that same vein of the auto slows and stuff, she's kind of interesting in Strucker Hydra because every time she punches somebody, mm-hmm. she can she can give herself little bits of healing factor and giving moving conditions around and stuff. So pretty neat, honestly. Um, also, I didn't mention a minor backup here, but in humans, she's kind of nuts because Lockjaw, right? <laughs> Obviously, yeah, yeah. He just puts her wherever he needs to put her, and she does what she needs to do for the team, and then she's a she's a battery for the team for the rest of that round. She's a fixed point battery, right? But I had to mention the Peter Parker leadership over here, but the Strucker makes a lot of sense, right? And also we've talked about like, she's not genuinely bad anywhere, right? Any team gives her mobility, power, damage. X-Men gives her a hop. Like Mm -hmm. I said, Cabal gives her more power. Like there's other teams, even like, sounds crazy, but something like Guardians or some of these reroll teams, not an ideal spot for her, but also an amazing spot for her if you just want to play her in those teams, right? Well, I mean, leveling her leveling her dice out with a winging it token could be incredible. Yeah. So everyone's kind of fixated on like Hulk and Thanos and Guardians right now, which rightfully so. Those are great characters with the rerolls as well, right? But it's like, just imagine She-Hulk through that same lens, right? Of just leveling out her dice. And we've already talked about it this very cast she is the aggro hulk so it's like why not give her more dice consistency right you could try where you want but those are kind of some interesting spots to mention that make the most sense outside of her being a powerful piece in a force and avengers quite honestly 100 percent. and i think she's just completely underutilized at time of recording and sure you know there's a lot of reasons for that and it pound for pound i think especially the way the game is at once again, time of recording, you know, Hulk is probably the better option, but she is extreme. She's really good, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's she just because Hulk, it really comes down to that gamma leap, right? That gamma leap and the one less power on the throw. Yeah. And he's got those things, which just make him a positioning monster. But man, I just, I wish, I wish he was just not as good for like one week. So we sure. all had to try She-Hulk. Well, and Immortal Hulk's about to come out, Chris, right? In the coming oh, weeks. I know. And 
And I honestly could see a world where you maybe are just trying two hulks in your list. And what does that look like? What threat? What threat value are we at? Are we at twelve points? Or are we at thirteen for our hulks? Right? Are you and suggesting it, that gamma flight that you make gamma flight a thing? There you go. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think the Immortal Hulk has some cool synergies with her because it's like he does live on a razor's edge. He's going to be a much harder Hulk to play. He's going to be a much more complex character to play correctly. And she can kind of shore up some of that because she's got that bodyguard, you know? And it's like, oh, you want him to do his like res heal sort of thing and not get completely aced at the top of the next round? Well, she'll take the attack for him. And uh, they're both in your face. You're very scared. Very gross. It's not an issue of she's a bad character. She's a she's a very good character. She just is a little bit more dice dependent. And Hulk is just the powerhouse he is right now in the game. And it is, it is what it is. And unfortunately, he's a reference point for other six threats. And if he wasn't in the game, I'm sure we would be seeing She-Hulk in a lot of places all over the place. Like quite realistically, because she's a scary model. And she's a great model, Chris, to deal with the Hulks, with the Malekiths, with the juggernauts of the world. Because she can really make them hurt with that superior weight training. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, hopefully this inspires you guys to give She-Hulk a, a little bit more run on the tabletop. Explore some of these spaces. Absolutely. And, just, and roll some dice, dude. Yep. Roll those like 9, 10, 11 dice strikes. And, mm, uh, I'm salivating. Profit with all the power gain, right? So that's all you can hope for. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Find the show online. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or questions, and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Most notably, as of late, those of you that are leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, please help spread the word. And thank you so much to those of you that already have. We uh, we can't thank you enough. Absolutely not. Of course, Chris, you can find me everywhere online on Twitter, Instagram, and Longshanks at Jesse Aiken. That's just J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. And you can catch my new star wars shatterpoint podcast hello there with an exclamation point a star wars shatterpoint podcast on all your podcast platforms and everywhere online at hello there cast if you're interested in shatterpoint and the star wars universe chris where can everyone find you you can find me on twitter at chris bruffett b-r-u-f-f-e-t-t where i have little to nothing to say at the moment a little quiet on there. That's all good. Well, you know, we will be talking about After Dark. You're working on some MCP <laughs> stuff behind the scenes. Well, so, social media just ain't where it's at. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that <laughs> in my bones. So. Yep. So, well, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode about Jen Walters, a, a character we really love in Marvel and especially love in this game. I really love my She-Hulk, her paint job, everything, Chris. Um, she's a character I've played a lot and I want to play more of her in the future and, you know, just like these episodes, we hope inspire you. They inspire us to play more of these characters. And I'm going to try to get around the table sometime soon. Well, you know, I have been working towards that goal myself. Just, it's just a matter of time. I will, I will be playing. I will be trying to crack a little a force at least casually. Love it here within, within the next few months. I hope we'll see. Okay. We'll stay tuned. We'll probably talk about that on the, this very show, but until next time, thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. 
Ten bucks says you're wrong. 